Hello friends, this is Stephen from Dream Gun, and we have shows on sale in Dublin and London right now. We are home in Dublin this June the 15th to the 17th with updated film reads of The Matrix, Jurassic Park and Titanic at Smock Alley Theatre. Featuring the award-winning ensemble of Tony Cantwell, Ronan Carey, Stephen Culver, that's me, Finbar Doyle, Hannah Manless, Aaron McGathy and Edwin Salmon. Uh, the show's at Smock Alley Theatre and tickets are on sale right now. Head to dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets. Meanwhile in London, we are now performing every month at 21 Soho with a different film read every month and different guests joining us on the stage. This month's London film is Batman Begins, but if you're in the future, it's probably a different film and you can find out which one at dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets. Hi, I'm James. I'm Gavin. And I'm Stephen. And we are Dream Gun. And you are listening to a classic episode of Dream Gun Film Reads. Where we take our favorite movies and then totally rewrite them and put a bunch of jokes and nonsense in them. And then the show is performed by actors and comedians who haven't read the script, so everything you hear is completely unrehearsed. If you enjoy Film Reads, please subscribe to the podcast in your podcast app and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't know what to say in your review, just use it to tell us what film you'd like us to read next. Because we're running out of ideas. <laughs> If you'd like to support the show, there's two ways to do it. You can subscribe to Film Reads on Patreon. Patreon subscribers get early access to episodes, bonus uncut recordings, and tickets to the live show. Or you can see us in person. If you'd like to see Film Reads live, you can check out dreamgun.ie for tickets to all of our upcoming shows or follow us. We are at Dreamgun and Sons on all the socials. We perform regularly in Dublin and London and at festivals all around the world. Please enjoy Dreamgun Film Reads. Dreamgun! Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, based on a series of escalating tweets by J.K. Rowling. <laughs> it's tea time in a foggy England of a nostalgic but not too distant past. Big Ben's dings reminding us of England's proud heritage of having the world's biggest clock. The Queen's guards are all tucked in and the Thames has been switched off for the night. Meanwhile, Dumbledore, a canonically gay wizard, stands in a street. A cat approaches and anamorphs into Professor McGonagall, a stern-looking Maggie Smith type. <clears throat> Are the rumors true, Albus? I'm afraid so, Professor McGonagall. The good and the bad. And the boy? The good and the bad and the boy. Hagrid is bringing him. Do you think it is wise to trust Hagrid with something as important as this? He lives in a shed and his mouth is big enough to fit a baby in it. Ah, Professor, I would trust Hagrid with my life. And also, evidently, a child's life. Just then, a motorbike ridden by a large, hairy man descends vertically from the sky rather than horizontally from the street. This obviously isn't a normal motorbike, and I'm looking forward to learning more about this fascinating machine as the film continues. The man raises his goggles to reveal the eyes and face of the lovable Hagrid. Oh, yeah. No problems, I trust, Hagrid? Oh, no, 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 sir, no. A uh, little tyke fell asleep as we were flying over Bristol. Uh, yeah, he, he might have passed out. It's very cold at 40,000 feet. Hagrid passes the titular baby over to Dumbledore. But I'm still thinking about that motorbike. What's going on? Can you steer in the air with the handlebars, or is it more of a leaning maneuver? Does flying use a petrol? This and many more questions will be answered. Albus, do you really think it's safe leaving him with these people? They're the worst sort of muggles imaginable. They don't read the Guardian. 
They really are. The only family he has. Human garbage? <laughs> this boy will be famous. There won't be a child in the world who doesn't know his name. His story will be translated into 67 lang different languages all over the world. Exactly. He's far better off growing up away from all of that until he is ready to play his part in my plan where he lives in a stairs, becomes king of the Gryffindor boys and dies young. Dumbledore places the baby unsafely on a doorstep, which is the first in a long line of poor decisions made by him. Good luck, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> it's now ten years later. Harrison Harry Potter, now a pure-faced 11-year-old, lays sleeping in his bed under the stairs. He's got a little Z on his forehead like Zorro does, and he is awoken with a start by his Aunt Petunia. Up! Get up! Now! Uh, I'm coming, I'm coming! His Uncle Vernon enters. He is the human equivalent of Brexit. <laughs> Dudley, a chubby, spoilt child, arrives. We know he is the bad child because he is both fatter and uglier than Harry. Wake up, Harry. Wake up, cousin. We're going to the zoo. Oh, happy birthday, son. Harry, cook the breakfast and try not to burn anything. After you're done, hoover the lawn and throw yourself down the stairs. Yes, Aunt Petunia. Oh, hurry up. Bring me my coffee, boy. Uh, yes, Uncle Vernon. Harry fetches the coffee boy from the cupboard who proceeds to make too much coffee. Dudley sees a big pile of prezzies. How many are there? Oh, 36, I counted them myself. Wah, wah, wah. 36? Last, last year I had 37. Yes, but these are of equal monetary value. Feel how dense they are. Uh, we're going to go out and buy you two new presents. How's that pumpkin? And I want a giant egg that I can sit on. <laughs> and I want everyone to pretend that I'm a giant bird. <laughs> oh, yes, son, yes. Yes, son. <laughs> Harry and the Dudleys take a trip to the zoo. Dudley is harassing a snake exhibit, banging on the glass like an asshole. Daddy, make it move. It's not dancing like I presume snakes do. <laughs> Let's go get the snake man. Dudley and Vernon roll away. Sorry about him. The snake nods knowingly. Uh, can, can you hear me? Yeah, what's up? Uh, I've never talked to a snake before. Do you talk to people often? Uh, not really, no. Oh, you're from Burma. Was it nice there? I was born in captivity. Oh, I see. That's me as well. I never knew my parents either. Oh, I, I knew my parents. You and I are the same in a lot of ways. Well, maybe you're a bit longer. I know it sounds a bit crazy, but sometimes I wish I didn't live under the stairs. Dad, come here. You won't believe what this snake is doing. Dudley leans on the glass, but it's not there. It's as if it's been removed by some advanced technology. He falls into the snake room. The snake slithers out of its enclosure and escapes. Thanks. I don't know what's happening. Has anyone called the snake man? But the snake does not know that there isn't jungle outside and is promptly run over. 
The glass has now reappeared, and Dudley is trapped inside the snake box. Mum! Mummy, help me! I've gotten my comeuppance! <laughs> Later, Harry and the Dundos bundle into their house. Dudley is soaking wet with snake juice. <laughs> what happened? I swear, I don't know. One minute the glass was there and then it was gone. It was like magic. <gasps> There's no such thing as magic. Oh, you're right. Well, as far as I know, wink. <laughs> Later, a CGI owl postman delivers a letter through the letterbox, but Harry didn't see it, so he thinks the letter was delivered by a regular CGI postman. <laughs> it reads... The scrawny wizard boy, Mr. Harrison Potter, the cupboard under the stairs, for Privet Drive, Greater London, not in the EU. Dad, look, Harry's got a letter. Hey, give it back, it's mine. Yours? Who'd be writing to you? No more mail from this letterbox. That's it. We're going away. Far away. Where they can't find us. Before Harry gets any more letters and they start cascading through the chimney and windows and fly around at the end of the crystal maze. And Harry stands in the middle of it all and thinks to himself, maybe, just maybe there's more out there for me. Daddy's gone mad, hasn't he? <laughs> Harry and the Drungos have now moved to an isolated island house with no letterbox. They all snore and dream about Thatcher, except for Harry, who sits awake drawing a birthday cake in the dust. Make a wish, Harry. Harry wishes for more dust. <laughs> There's a loud banging at the door. Who's there? It better not be letters! The door smashes open, revealing the lovable Hagrid, owner of that magic motorbike from earlier. Jesus, Harry, I haven't seen you since you was a baby, but you're a bit more along than I would have expected, you know, particularly around the middle. I'm, I'm not Harry. Uh, I am. Oh, Jesus, I, got, I thought you were the fat one. Uh, listen... I got something for you, Harry. Uh, I'm afraid I might have uh, sat on it at some point, but uh, I imagine it'll taste fine just the same. Harry is terrified. Turns out it's a cake. <laughs> Baked it myself. Warns it all. Harry looks at the cake, which reads, Herpy Popper is leaven. It's not every day young Herpy turns leaven now, is it? Excuse me, but who are you? I'm Rubius Hagrid, winner of the beer challenge, door smasher, keeper of keys and grounds at Hogwarts. Uh, vegan. Of course, you know all about Hogwarts. Uh, sorry, no. No, Jesus. Harry, right, didn't you ever wonder how your mum and dad learned it all? Learned what? I really only know about stairs and under them. <laughs> You're a wizard, Larry. I'm not, Larry. Ah, don't worry, you'll learn. No, no. Uh, what? Oh. And not just any wizard. You're a famous wizard, like David Blaine or OJ's defense attorneys. But you've made a mistake. I mean, I can't be a wizard. I'm not special. I'm just a blank canvas for the reader to project their own personality onto. You know, like Bella Swan or Harry Kane. <laughs> I'm Harry. Just Harry. Well, just Harry. Do you ever want, do you ever... Do you ever make anything happen you couldn't explain? Like when you're angry or scared? Do you ever fund a Kickstarter? Uh, well, 
I know it sounds ridiculous, but once in school I could have sworn I moved a pencil with my mind. Oh, I tell you, I was so embarrassed that I flew around in the sky for 16 weeks using magic. Hagrid hands Harry a letter. Dear Mr. Potter, we are pleased to inform you that you have been accepted to the Professor Xavier Dumbledore School for Gifted Mutant Wizards. He will not be going to any fictional fantasy school. He will attend a history boys type school. And, and that's the last of it. We swore we would put a stop to all of this rubbish. You knew? You knew all along and you never told me? Of course we knew. Our suspicions were raised when you flew around the sky for 16 weeks. None of this would have happened if my sister hadn't gotten herself blown up by a wizard. Blown up by a wizard? You told me my parents were blown up by the IRA! <laughs> <laughs> The IRA killed Lily and James Potter. Oh, I'd like to see them try. Lily and James Potter? You told me they were out and deck from the TV. <laughs> it was easier that way. He will not be going. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I suppose a great muggle like yourself is going to stop him. Muggle? Oh, okay, I guess that's another word I can't use. Ah, bloody fucking woke wizards. All right, fine. All right, look. This boy's going to the finest school of witchcraft and wizardry in the world. And he'll be under the finest headmaster the Hogwarts has ever seen, Elbows Dumbledore. I will not pay to have some crackpot old fool teach him magic tricks. Never insult Elbin Dusseldorf in front of me. Hagrid sees Dudley eating Harry's cake and zaps him with his magic umbrella, causing him to grow a pig's tail, which is a really disproportionate response on a child. <laughs> Listen, I'd appreciate if you didn't tell anyone at Hogwarts about that. Strictly speaking, I'm not supposed to do magic or leave the grounds. Okay. <laughs> I just love putting tails on children. <laughs> All right, look, uh, we best be off, uh, you know, unless you'd rather stay, of course. Harry looks over to the round people who are growling and spitting on each other. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> Later, Harry and Hagrid walk through bustling London streets. Harry is reading his school shopping list. All students must be equipped with the following. A standard-sized pewter cauldron, some Yu-Gi-Oh cards, a copy of The Hobbit signed by Terry Pratchett. Can we find all of this in London? Oh, yeah, you can find anything in London if you order from Amazon. Hagrid leads him into a wizard pub where the Guinness is upside down and the legal drinking age is eight. <laughs> Quirrell, an innocuous white man in a turban, approaches. Harry P Potter, can't, can't tell you how pleased I am to meet you. Oh, hello, Professor. I didn't see you there with your fancy turban you've started wearing. <laughs> Harry, this is Professor Quirrell. He'll be your Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Wait, Defense Against the Dark what? A uh, fearfully fascinating subject. Uh, not that you'll need it, eh, Potter? I live under a stairs. <laughs> Yeah, well, all right, well, must have gone. Uh, lots to buy. They leave the wizard pub. But why am I famous, Hagrid? I haven't done anything to deserve it. I haven't even made an apology video. How do all those people know who I am? Is it because my parents exploded? Look, I'm not exactly sure I'm the right person to tell you that, Harry. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, yeah. Hagrid leads them through a secret magic brick wall onto a cool wizard street that seems to take up a lot of space, and I think we'd notice it on Google Maps. Welcome, Harry, to Diagon Alley. 
Here you find everything a wizard needs. Quills, one Viagra, magic eight balls, regular eight balls, 20-sided dice, one-sided dice, resealable bags. But Hagrid, how am I to pay for all of this? I don't have any money. I imagine wizards are probably into something weird like crypto. <laughs> oh, we use crypto, all right. Bones! <laughs> <laughs> well, <coughs> thought it worked. Well, there's your money, Harry. Gringotts, the wizard bank, too big to fail. Ah, yeah, ain't no safer place, not one. Except for perhaps Hogwarts. I bloody love Hogwarts. They let me live in the garden. And I live under a stairs. <laughs> they walk into the bank, but Harry notices the staff are all oddly identical to goblin men. Uh, Hagrid, what exactly are these things? Goblins, Harry. Interesting race, the goblins. They all have basically the same personality and voice. They're all bank tellers. Wow, what a clear-cut fantasy world for me to wrap my young mind around. They are led to Harry's vault. The door opens to reveal a ton of gold. Didn't think your mum and dad would leave you nothing now, did you? I mean, they were a bit miserly and left you a fiver, but fortunately they took out an explosion insurance policy just before they exploded. Later, from vault 713, Hagrid withdraws a mysterious bag. What's in there, Hagrid? Oh, jeez, I can't tell you anything about that MacGuffin, Harry. No, best not to mention this or think about it for the next 20-ish, 40 minutes. All right, I still need a wand. A wand? Oh, well, you want Ollivanders. There ain't no place better, or at all. <laughs> Harry enters John Hurt's spooky wand shop. Ding, ding, it's Harry Potter. I wondered when I'd be seeing you, Mr. Potter. It seems like only yesterday that your mother and father were in here buying their first wands, and now they're dead. Ollivander hands him a wand. Well, give it a wave. Hiya! Harry's magic wipes out a whole block. Car alarms are going off and birds fall from the sky. Curious. Very curious. I remember every wand I've ever sold, Mr. Potter. Every one. And it so happens that the phoenix's feather who resides in your wand gave another feather. And would you believe that the phoenix's other feather, which wasn't given to you, was given to a different wand from the one that you're holding? And it is curious that you should be destined for this wand when its brother gave you that scar. Sorry, what the fuck are you talking about? How much of this do I need to know? Who, who owned what now? Oh, we do not speak his name. So how do you refer to him if you want to talk about him? Oh, we sort of insinuated in a variety of ways. There's really only one bad man in this world, so we all really usually know who you're talking about. The wand chooses the wizard, Mr. Potter. It is not always clear why. Oh, can I buy that one too? Yes, that one has chosen you as well. And so is this novelty phone cover by the till. Cool. I think it is clear that we can expect great things from you, Mr. Potter. After all, he who must not be named did great things. Terrible, yes, but great. But also terrible. And yet, undeniably great. But oh boy. Were they terrible? Later, Hagrid and Harry are standing in the train station. You all right, Harry? You seem very quiet. Are you thinking about your dead parents? <laughs> he, he killed them, didn't he? The one who gave me this scar. 
The reason all the kids at school call me Ziggy Scardust. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, kids are funny. <laughs> well, look, not all wizards are good. You know, some of them go bad. And one of them went as bad as you can go. His name was... His name was... It was... I can't say it. Was it the N-word? No, jeez! Not, not at all! No, it's just a stupid bullshit thing. No, I'll tell you now, okay? It's Voldemort. Voldemort? <laughs> Shh. <laughs> You'll get us arrested. Look, it was dark times, Harry. Dark times. Look, you know who started to gather some followers, right? He started gramming his meals. It seemed innocent enough at first. But then he started to get political. And your parents tried to sit him down and tried to get him through it. But then he exploded them. And then he tried to kill me. Yes. And that now ain't no ordinary cut in your forehead. A mark like that only comes by being touched by a curse. An evil curse at that. Not a good curse, like being haunted by a million dollars. What happened to... Vo- to you-know-who? Who? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, you know, some say he died. Codswallop, in my opinion, no, no, no. I, I reckon he's still out there, you know? Still too tired to carry on sleeping in a big evil bed. <laughs> but one thing's absolutely certain. His name is Voldemort. Fuck, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and something about you stumped him that night. And that's why you're famous. That's why everybody knows your name. You're like the bar from Cheers. You're the boy who lived. Surely all boys are boys who lived. Oh, Jesus, it's that time. Sorry, Harry, I, I, I gotta go. Dumbledore will be wanting this MacGuffin. Now, your train leaves in 10 minutes. Uh, here's your ticket. Oh, platform nine and three over four? Uh, but Hagrid, there's no such thing, is there? But Hagrid has silently Batmaned away. Harry follows a red-headed family through a magic wall and gets on the Hogwarts Express, a rustic old steam engine. It's like if Thomas the Tank Engine had his face ripped off. Ron Weasley, a jumper-wearing ginger boy, joins Harry. Excuse me, do you mind? Everywhere else is full. Not at all. I don't know why they don't just use magic to make it bigger or just teleport us there. Why do we need a train at all? I think it's a union thing. I'm Ron, by the way. Ronaldinho Weasley. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. So it is true. Do you really have the... The the what? The Z on your head. Oh. Harry reveals his disfigurement. Oh, wicked. I wish my parents were dead. <laughs> the trolley lady arrives with a trolley full of mad sweets. Some of them are floating about lazily. Others are honking slightly. Can I just get a sandwich? What's a sandwich? Christ, fucking fine. Yeah, we'll take the lot. He reaches into his pocket and takes out the equivalent of ten grand. Whoa. You see, Harry thought he was poor, but he's actually really rich and famous, so it's cool. It doesn't matter that nobody gets any fucking sweets now. Bertie Bott's every flavour beans. Mm, And they mean every flavour. There's chocolate, peppermint, dry spines, a punch in the head. Mm. Oh, boy. This one tastes like gone-off jelly beans. <laughs> George swears he once got one that tasted like ten ladders. Oh. Harry opens a box containing a chocolate frog that has been made lightly sentient for their amusement. These aren't real frogs, are they? No, no, it's just a spell. In an existential agony, the frog jumps out of the window. 
and into the sweet embrace of death. That's rotten luck, Harry. They've only got one good jump in them to begin with, and they always use it to kill themselves. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ron presents his pet rat. This is Scabbers, by the way. He's a rat who, get this right, he's secretly a man in disguise that knew your dad. I'm not making this up. Hermione, a stuck-up speech and drama prude, enters. She's a witch, like Sabrina's aunts or the Blair Witch Project. Holy cricket, you're Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. I'm her millionaire Granger, <laughs> feminist ambassador to the UN. And you are? I'm Ron Weasley, and uh, I... You've got dirt on your nose, by the way. Just there. That's embarrassing. You should be embarrassed. This is a power play? They arrive at wizard school. Harry, Ron, Hermione, and the rest of the first years bustle up to Professor McGonagall. She shows no sign of remorse for leaving Harry with an abusive family for nine years. Welcome to Hogwarts. <laughs> you must be sorted into your houses. You can only choose one. They are Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Slytherin, and Bulbazar. <laughs> <laughs> Your triumphs will earn you points, and at the end of the year, the house with the most points awarded wins the house cup. What's in the cup? The sense of achievement. Oh. That's shit. A toad sits in front of the group. A young boy, Neville Longbottom, notices that it is in fact his toad. Uh, Trevor, Trevor. Nev Trevor, Neville, sorry, Jesus. <laughs> Neville, realising how much of a tit he's made of himself, looks up meekly at McGonagall. Sorry. What an idiot! He'll never be handsome. <laughs> the sorting ceremony will begin momentarily. A bleached, richy rich boy turns to Harry. True then, what they're saying on the train. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fires come to Hogwarts. Everyone whispers Harry Potter to each other too many times. It's fucking Harry Potter, did you see him? I'm Malfoy. Dracula Malfoy. Ron laughs at his dumb name. Ha! Think my name's funny, do you? No need to ask yours. Red hair. Hand me down robe with a name tag that says Ron Weasley. You must be a Weasley. You'll soon find out that some wizarding families are better than others, Potter. You don't want to make friends with the wrong sort. I think I can tell the wrong sort for myself, thanks. Now you need to know that in the wizarding world, this is a sick bird. <laughs> Quite the wordsmith, aren't you, Potter? Well, words won't help you when you're working in Wizard McDonald's making me a sparkly burger. The students enter the Great Hall. The entire school is sitting at four long tables, so only a handful of them can reach the butter. Ca candles float throughout the room, and the ceiling looks sort of like the night sky, but mostly looks like 20-year-old CGI. 
It's not the real ceiling. It's just bewitched to look like the night sky. I read about it in Hogwarts, a history. Please be my friend. Oh, that bloody Hermione, I'm telling you. I'd never go out with her over my dead body, or possibly Cedric's. Huh? Uh, it doesn't matter, it's from the book. <laughs> Towards the front is the teacher's table that is populated with a hodgepodge of British character actors with silly wigs. On a stool rests an old pointy hat. It's me, I'm the hat. <laughs> Big Dumbledore stands and the room falls silent. The first years, please note that the dark forest is strictly forbidden to all students. I'm sure we could cast a magic spell or build a fence to stop you from entering. <laughs> but we just haven't gotten around to it. Now, when I call your name, you will come forth. I shall place the sorting hat on your head. It will scan your genes, take a bone marrow sample, and you shall be sorted into your houses. Hermione Granger! Hermione wears the hat. <clears throat> oh, right, okay, yeah. Uh... Let's see then, eh? <laughs> What's the one with the G? Don't tell me. All right, all right. Uh, Graffle House. Gryffindor. <laughs> Hermione leaves the stage and joins the Graffle House table. Draco Malfoy. Draco has the hat placed on his head. Lord <sighs> oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ's brain is so full of gross repressed insecurities. <laughs> Oh, better give him a safe space to develop his rage. Uh. <laughs> 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 I made a bad choice. <laughs> really lock him into that track. All right, all right. Slivering. Uh. Oh, I tell you, Harry, there wasn't a witch or wizard who went bad who wasn't in Slytherin. God, are they, are they all really that bad? Yeah, they're, they're all a bit Hitlery, yeah. Oh. Ronald Weasley. Ron approaches tentatively. Huh! <laughs> Another Weasley, huh? I know just what to do with you. Mugglepuff! This isn't a house. Ron, confused, just walks to the Gryffindor table. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix? People are beginning to wonder the order how McGonagall has decided to call people up. <laughs> Harry has the hat placed on his head. Not Slytherin, not Slytherin. Oh, not Slytherin, eh? Oh, you could be great, you know. And Slytherin will help you on the way to greatness. If you don't mind melting a few friends along <laughs> the way. <laughs> well, if you're sure, it better be Ringleding. <laughs> Let the feast begin. Food magically appears on all the tables and the kids are in awe and say things like wow and core blimey. Wow. And core blimey. They joyfully munch on the food, but it is synthetic and nutritionless. <laughs> At the teacher's table, Harry spots Severus Snape, the school's Edgar Allan potion master. <laughs> He's like if Edward Scissorhands had hands for hands. <laughs> Who's that immediately suspicious teacher talking to Professor Quirrell? Uh, it's Professor Snape, head of Slytherin House. Professor Quirrell is talking to Snape, but facing the opposite direction in a way that is completely unnatural. <laughs> Harry claps his hand to his forehead in pain. <gasps> Harry, what is it? Oh, uh, nothing, nothing. I'm, I'm fine. 
I must have just been stung by a, a magical bee. These do not exist. Later, the trio are in potions class with the sneaky Severus Snape. <clears throat> there will be no foolish. <laughs> Wonder Raven. <laughs> or silly incantations in this class. I can teach you how to bewitch the mind and ensnare the senses. I can teach you how to strangle a car or hotwire a giraffe. Then again, maybe some of you feel confident enough not to pay attention, Mr. Potter. <laughs> A new celebrity, our own little John Wayne. Tell me, what would I get, Potter, if I added a root of asphodel to the infusion of warm wood? I'm going to count to three. There will not be a four. You don't know. Well, let's try again. Who would win in a fight between Superman and the Wizard of Oz? I don't know, sir. The wizard, because he is a wizard. Pity. Clearly fame isn't everything, is it? Must have thought that. Later, our three heroes are walking back to their dorm. Harry reads the Daily Prophet, the wizarding world's only newspaper. So you just have to take their word for it. Hey, Ron! Hey, Ron, where are you? <laughs> hey, Ron! Somebody broke into Gringotts. Listen, believed to be the work of enchanted refugees. <laughs> the vault in question, number 713, had been emptied earlier that very same day. That's odd. Why would they mention the vault number in the article? <laughs> That's the vault Hagrid and I went to. Suddenly, because it's a quirky, rinky-dink wizard school, the stairs start fucking moving. Muggles have far more advanced stair technology. Their stairs just go directly in the destination instead of moving around all the time. The silly stairs move them to the restricted section of the school. Muggles have actually achieved a great deal by themselves. Western medicines, 3D printing. They even put a man on the moon. Hermione? What's the moon? <laughs> In retrospect, I probably should have gone to muggle school. It's all right, Harry. She means the night sun. Oh, nice. <laughs> they go to leave, but the caretaker's cat appears. Not magically, just from behind a door. Filch's cat! Quick, before he reports us! <laughs> they try to escape through a door, but it's locked. Alohomora! Hermione's spell unlocks the door, which raises the question why wizards bother with locks. <laughs> She's 11. <laughs> They see a big three-headed dog. It's like cat dog, but dog dog. Dog. <laughs> Such fantastic beasts. They run away from the dog. What do they think they're doing? Mashing up Greek mythology with whatever our thing is. It was standing on a trap door. It's guarding something. Now, I'm going to bed before either of you come up with another clever idea to get us killed, or worse. Expelled. She needs to sort out her priorities. Because if you were to ask me, Ron, 
getting expelled is better than getting killed. Later, in magic class, <laughs> Ron is practicing a levitation spell. Wingardium Leviosa. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. But why do I have to do it with received pronunciation? Like, this is just my accent. Magic only works if you're posh, like drinking cans by the canal. <laughs> well, why don't you do it if you're so clever? All right, Wingardium Leviosa. The wand shoots out a beam of magical light and not an insignificant amount of ionizing radiation. <laughs> Later, Harry and Ron are walking through the grounds. It was Leviosa, not Leviosa. She's a nightmare, honestly. It's no wonder she hasn't got any friends. I know it's not my place to say, but if it was up to me, she'd die in a train accident. <laughs> <laughs> Hermione runs past crying. I, I think she heard you say that thing about the train accident. <laughs> Later, in the Great Hall... Where's Hermione? Mm, bathroom, still crying, train accident. <laughs> Quirrell runs in screaming. Troll in the dungeon. Troll in the dungeon. He's spreading half-truths and voting ironically. The whole room goes nuts. Uh, Hermione, she doesn't know. They run and find the troll confronting Hermione in the girl's bathroom. Uh, debate me. Help! Help! He's commenting on my tweets from five years ago. Look, I'm just asking questions. <laughs> Hermione, no, don't engage him. No, it's not in good faith. He doesn't care. Everyone's so sensitive. Ron, do something. I know. The only thing I've learned. <clears throat> Wingardium Leviosa. Ron takes out his wand and does a magic. The troll's phone floats out of his hand and bashes him on the head. I just wanted to bring it down to my level. Is it dead? No, just knocked out. Blood begins to pump out of the dead troll's nose. McGonagall enters, followed by Snape. Uh, I would have expected more rational behaviour on your part, but I'm very disappointed in you, Miss Granger. Five points will be taken from Gryffindor. As for you, not many students could take on a full-ground mountain troll. Five points will be awarded to each of you for sheer dumb luck. It's a Tuesday, so I suppose, Ron, you get two points for that, and Hermione, I expected more from you, so you get ten points. Uh, oh, wizards are cool. So I guess that's ten points. Uh, I'm giving you points, so that's an extra five points. Oh, it's entirely at my discretion. Fifty points to Slytherin. Harry, Ron, and Hermione all hug. We're friends now. Yay! Iconic. Don't worry. You were never in any real danger. We were watching you on CCTV cameras. You have cameras in the bathroom? Ten points to Gryffindor! <laughs> <laughs> Harry notices that there is a three-headed dog bite on Snape's leg, but Snape covers it up suspiciously instead of logically explaining what happened. Later, Harry raises Snape's flagrantly evil vibes with Hagrid. Why was Snape trying to get past that three-headed dog? What? What? Oh. <laughs> oh, well, he wasn't. Look, Harry, look. 
Look, look, Harry, look. Just because, look, just because I'm we're looking. All right, okay. Look, just before, because Professor Snape dresses a bit differently doesn't mean he's a bad guy. I mean, have you ever really listened to The Cure? You know? It's, it's really positive stuff. Anyway, look. What that dog is guarding is strictly between Professor Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel. Oh, Nicholas Flamel, eh? A new name, huh? <laughs> it is now Christmas. Harry lays asleep in bed. Happy Christmas, Harry. It's the day when Wizard Jesus was born. <laughs> Harry opens his present. Inside is a cloak and a note which he cleverly reads. Your father left this in my possession before he exploded. It is time it was returned to you. Use it well. Harry puts it on. It is some sort of Klingon green screen cloak. That's an invisibility cloak. The note says, use it well. Hmm. Later, en route to the girls' changing room, (laughs) an invisible Harry spies Snape holding Quirrell up against a wall. Severus, I, I, I... You don't want me as your enemy. Squirtle. <laughs> I don't n- know what you mean. When you've had time to decide where your loyalties lie, you better have eyes on the back of your head, Quirtle. <laughs> and also a nose and a rest of the face. You can share ears that much, I'll allow. Now, Snape does seem really evil here, but all us fans know that he's actually the good guy. And on set, J.K. Rowling whispered the ending of the last book into Alan Rickman's ear before every scene. (laughs) Harry hides and sees a big mirror that shows you your fantasies. He looks into it and sees what he wants more than anything in the world. His parents. Aunt? (laughs) Deck? Is it really you? Dumbledore appears behind Harry, spooking him, even though he was looking into a mirror. I see that you have discovered the mirror of Erised. The happiest man on earth would look into the mirror and see only himself, exactly as he is, but married to Sharon Stone and driving an Alfa Romeo. But remember, this mirror gives us neither knowledge or truth. Men have wasted away in front of it, thinking that they are eating a big sandwich, even gone mad, because the sandwich was too big. (laughs) Winter turns to spring, again, not in a magical way. The gang are in the Hogwarts library, where Hagrid goes to check his emails. (laughs) I had you looking in the wrong section. How could I be so stupid? Nicholas Fabel is the only known maker of the filler sorcerer Ossifer Stone. The what? Honestly, you two, don't you read? Alchemy text, ancient... (laughs) (laughs) Can you read? (laughs) (laughs) Don't you read? (laughs) Harry mouths loser to Ron, and Ron nods. The Philosopher's Stone will transform any metal into pure gold, and pure gold into metal magic gold, which is twice as heavy and worthless. (laughs) (laughs) It also produces the elixir of life, which will make the drinker immortal. The only stone belongs to Mr. Nicholas Flamel, the Philosopher's Stone. That's why the three-headed dog is guarding the third floor. Does that mean there's a two-headed dog in the second floor? (laughs) 
And don't ever, ever, ever go to the basement. The kids sneak out at night to Scooby-Doo... What do you think that means? <laughs> the kids sneak out at night to Scooby-Doo around the grounds, but Malfoy spots them, the little rat. Quick, let's tie him up before he squeals. <laughs> yeah, bash that rat. <laughs> they chase Malfoy into McGonagall's office. Malfoy scurries into a hole in the wall. Potter and pals, I should have known as punishment... 50 points will be, uh, waiter, uh, 50 points will be taken from your debit accounts. 50 each. 500 points. Oh. God, I hope next semester we do maths or English or a normal subject. I'm so sick of these known juggling and yoga classes. All four of you will receive detention. Ah, detention. That sounds normal enough. Wrong. Detention is held in a dangerous murder forest that is located right beside the child school. Hagrid meets them at the entrance. Right, we're going into the forest. Oh, the forest? We can't go there. Students aren't allowed. There are werewolves and you know, no child safety laws. Look, Harry, as long as I get the majority of his home, I get paid. Hagrid finds a puddle of ectoplasm. Hagrid, wh- what's that? Is it a regular puddle? (laughs) That's my guess. I live under the stairs. (laughs) It's what we're here for, Harry. That there is unicorn blood. There's a unicorn out there and it's hurt bad by something. And it's our job to go and find the poor beast. Put it out of its misery. We usually just back up over it or push its horn back into its head. Okay, well, kids, let's all split up. You guys go that way. I'm going to lie down. (laughs) Alone now, Harry and Malfoy run into a disembodied cloak sucking blood out of a dead unicorn. Harry's forehead Z begins to hurt. Oh, I shouldn't have eaten that McFlurry so fast. (laughs) Malfoy runs away like the little coward he is. The empty hoodie floats spookily over to Harry. Our hero is in grave danger, potentially. Just then we hear hooves. A CGI centaur bojacks his way out of the brambles, chasing the plastic bag away. Uh, Get out of here, bag. (laughs) Harry Potter, you must leave. The virus is not safe at this time. Or at any time. Especially for you. Or for anyone. (laughs) But what was that thing you saved me from? Was it a spell? That's my guess. (laughs) Oh, drinking the blood of a unicorn will keep you alive, even if you're an inch from death. But it's a terrible price. The moment the blood touches your lips, you'll have a half-life, a cursed life. But it's definitely worth it, because you won't be dead. But who would choose such a life, horseman? Oh, okay. Uh, well, the other option is death, Harry, so, uh, come on, it's a sweet deal. You mean to say... That discarded plastic bag was Voldemort? Do you know what's hidden in the school at this very moment, Mr. Potter? The Chamber of Secrets? No, that's next year. Uh, (laughs) This year, it's the Philosopher's Stone. Hagrid and everyone else arrives. Ah, Forenzi, you mad lad. (laughs) I I lost 50 quid on this stud at the track. Uh, Why'd you ever give up the old racing? I told you, Hagrid, it's degrading. 
There was absolutely no need for that jockey. But it was gas. (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) Harry Potter, (laughs) I'll leave you now (laughs) as I first appeared for no reason. (laughs) Hi. Later, the trio are in the Gryffindor common room, saying the plot out loud. So, Voldemort, he's weak. He's living off unicorns and huffing glue from that bag he's is. <laughs> Snape wants to stone for Voldemort. Harry. Sorry, the, uh, the artist formerly known as he who shall not be named. He'll come back. But if he comes back, you don't think he'll try to kill you, do you? He might leave me alone. If No, no, he'll probably try and kill me. Oh, but he's not going to try and kill me, right? You didn't tell him about old Ronnie, did you? Everyone's favourite bloke. Hang on a minute. We're forgetting one thing. Who's the one wizard Voldemort has always feared? Dumbledore is the answer to the question that I just asked. As far as Dumbledore's... As long as Dumbledore's around, you're safe. Dumbledore being here equals Harry safe. Oh, that's a relief. McGonagall enters. <laughs> well, uh, Dumbledore's gone. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, what? Why? Yes, he received an urgent owl and an emergency pelican in the Ministry of Magic and, and left it immediately for London via the tube. He's gone? But this is important. This is about the Philosopher's Stone. Somebody's going to try to steal it. All four of you will receive detention. What? Oh, where, where did that come from? <laughs> I read it on page. <laughs> I thought it added up. I was like, don't ask any questions. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I'll get back into the amazing accent I've been doing so far. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Yeah, really. Burr, burr. Right, right. Yeah, come on! You can do it! Woo! Woo! Ready, okay. Okay. I don't know how you three. <laughs> That's okay. the one, yeah? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Nailed it. Alright. Uh, I don't know how you three found out about the stone, but I assure you it is perfectly well protected. I'm not going to listen to your evidence, I'm going straight to bed. Dumbledore is the only one to listen to the kids anyway, and he's away. Harry, with Dumbledore gone, that means... Yeah, I know. We have to go down the trap door tonight. That night, Gary Neville Longbottom spots Harry and the gang sneaking out of the Gryffindor common room. You're you're sneaking out again, aren't you? Uh, you, you expect me to stay home and clean up, huh? Well, well, well I'm not some sort of Neville chambermaid. You'll, you'll get Gryffindor into trouble again. I'll, I'll, I'll fight you. Neville, I'm really, really sorry about this. Petrificus totalis. Hermione waves her wand and paralyzes Neville. Permanently. The wizards whiz to the trap door room with the triple dog. Wait a minute, he, he's snoring. The noise you make when you're asleep. <laughs> Snape's been here already. He put a spell on the harp. The dog sleeps soundly to a magical harp playing ten hours of lo-fi hip-hop beats to study slash relax to. Hey, you, it's got horrible breath. Wow, Ron, thanks. Great contribution. I'll go first. If something bad happens, go out of your way to save me. They jump into the open trap door, landing on a giant chessboard. Well, where are we? A graveyard? Harry's never seen a chessboard before. 
This is no graveyard, it's a chessboard. Whoa, some sort of checkered graveyard. <laughs> Looks like we've got to chess our way across the room. They swap places with the three pieces they most resemble. Ron, do you think this is like regular chess, or like our Star Wars wizard chess, where all the pieces bash each other? Let's find out. Pawn, D5. The pawn gets violently clotheslined and choked out by an enemy knight. Yes, Hermione. I think this is going to be exactly like the Star Wars chess they play on the Millennium Falcon <laughs> in the first film. Castle to E4. Chess happens! The, w- <laughs> the whiz kids hold their own as they're about to strike the killing blow. Grandmaster Ron is faced with a dilemma. You understand, Harry. When the queen takes me, you can take the king. It's the queen's gambit, Harry! I couldn't get past the first episode, to be honest. He's going to sacrifice himself. No, Ron, don't do it. Think of your jumper with the oar on it. There must be another way. Harry, it's you that's got to go on. I know it, I just know it. Not me. I'm a funny ginger best friend. Not Hermione, she's a girl. You, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Knight to H3. Check. Wait a minute. Chess is usually small. Ron gets clotheslined and choked out. Hermione runs to save him. No, don't move. You only move when I say so. Oh, right, because of the chess. Yes. (laughs) Because of the chess. Harry takes his move. Checkmate! Save one! Harry runs on to the next silly game show challenge while Hermione gives Ron CPR. You really are a great wizard, Harry. You really are. Not as good as you. Yep, you're definitely right. I I pretty much solved all the things so far, but you're the one who goes in the room. Okay, see you later. I'm Harry Potter. Bye. Harry enters the next room. In it, Quirrell is standing in front of the big sandwich mirror. You? No, it can't be. Snape, he was the one. (gasps) It wasn't Snape. Shocker. Yes, he does seem the type, doesn't he? Next to him, who would suspect post-tuttering Professor Quirrell always picking up penguins and eating baby bell and Frosties, they're so great! So, Snape wasn't evil, he was just a bit of an asshole. That means you were the one who let the troll in. Very good, Potter, yes. Snape unfortunately wasn't fooled. He suspected me, but Thankfully, he didn't seemingly didn't tell anyone. <laughs> Quirrell turns to the magic mirror. I see myself holding the stone. But how do I get to it? Every time I try to reach in, my hand on the other side keeps blocking it. It knows my every move. Potter, tell me what you see. <laughs> Harry looks into the mirror. Mirror Harry hands himself the stone and winks. And this puts the stone in his pocket. Uh, I see everything I've ever wanted. I'm the Eiffel Tower. And I'm beautiful and French. Let me speak to him. Master, you are not strong enough and... Every time you talk, I can feel the wind on my brain. (laughs) I am 
have strength enough for this? Quirrell takes off his turban to reveal a growly growth on the back of his head. <laughs> we meet again, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One. Snape! So it was you! No, no, it's me, it's Voldemort. Oh. You see what I have become? You see what I must do to survive? Live off another like some sort of mean mole or a sinister cyst or a knacky skin taggy? Quill, I think you should get that checked out, mate. I'm not like Voldemort. There is something that can give me a body of my own. Something that conveniently enough lies in your pocket. Now don't be a fool. Why suffer a horrific death when you can join with me on the back of this guy's head? Never! Harry, together we can do extraordinary things. We can start a live comedy show, do film (laughs) parodies, offer a whole new take on it. Just give me the stone. You liar! We'd probably just do it for too long and never grow and then a pandemic would happen. I didn't hear you because I've been in a room for 500 days. Kill him! Quirrell attempts to kill Harry, but Harry cleverly melts him. Harry blacks out. He wakes up later in the poker centre with Dumbledore sitting at the end of his bed. Good afternoon, Harry Potter. Harry is surrounded by lots of sweets and flowers. They're probably magic, like the flowers smell you or something fucking stupid. (laughs) I see that your friend Ronald has saved you the trouble of eating your chocolate frogs. Which is theft. (laughs) 50 points from Gryffindor. How are Ron and Hermione? They're fine. And how's Quirrell? He's a puddle. Oh yes, I melted him, yes. And what happened to the stone? Relax, dear boy, it's well protected. I've put the stone in a safe, and you have to solve a Sudoku to open it. Does that mean with the stone out of the picture, Voldemort can never come back? I'm afraid there are many ways in which he can return. There are many other magic rocks and pebbles that he can rub on himself. (laughs) Harry, do you know why Professor Quirrell couldn't bear to have you touch him? It was because of your mother. She sacrificed herself for you. It lives in your very skin. What is it? Love, Harry. Love is the real wizard. (laughs) Anyway, I'm done here. Oh, by the way, you shattered your knees when you passed out. Later, in the Great Hall, Harry is reunited with his chums. Yay, the protagonist is back. We can move again. (laughs) Another year gone, another teacher melted. And now, the house cup needs a warding. And in first place, Slytherin House. The bad house wins. The Slytherin banners decorated with skulls and middle finger emojis drop down from the ceiling and the students start loutishly singing. Oh, we'll never hear the end of this. Magic's coming on. <laughs> yes, yes, well done, Slytherin. However, I'm lying. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I have a few last-minute points to award. 
It's perfectly legal. To Miss Hermione Granger for being a little snooty boots, 50 points. Second, to Mr. Ronald Weasley for the best, ga best played game of chess Hogwarts has seen these many years, which means I was watching and I did not help. <laughs> 50 points. And third, to Mr. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 for pure nerve, outstanding courage, completing the hero's journey and adhering to the three-act structure, and above all else, for being incredibly, outstandingly bland, I award Gryffindor House 60 points. We're tied with Slytherin! And finally, it takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to your enemies, but you have to be a real asshole to stand up to your friends. <laughs> I award 10 points to Neville Longbottom. Gryffindor wins the House Cup. The Slytherin banners change into Gryffindor banners adorned with rainbows and thumbs up emojis. Everyone cheers at this great injustice done to children. I could have done those calculations before I announced the winner the first time, sparing those children considerable emotional anguish. I sentenced Slytherin to six months hard labor. It's the end now, and everyone is at the station preparing to board the big train. Well, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child to play. <laughs> you survived your first year. Come on now, hurry up, you'll be late. Come on, Harry, the big train is here. Oh, and listen, Harry, if that cousin of yours, Dudley, gives you any grief, you can always threaten him with a nice pair of ears to go with that tail of his, you know? Or just turn him full pig and roast him alive, just... <laughs> Um, what the hell is Quidditch? No one's mentioned it and I didn't even notice. <laughs> oh, Harry, haven't you figured it out yet? Most things around here are just flavour, like Hagrid's beard or Ron. Hello! <laughs> Feels strange to be going home, doesn't it? I'm not going home. Not really. I live under the stairs. <laughs> Snape kills Dumbledore. The end! Bingo Film Reads Harry Potter was written by Stephen Colfer, Gavin Dre, and James McDonnell, and also featured Stephen Colfer, Gavin Dre, Vanya Eccles, Hannah Mamelis, Roisin O'Neill, with special guest Alison Spittle, and Ronan Carey as the narrator. Music by Wave Farm Productions and design by Paddy Dunn. Hello friends, this is Stephen from Dream Gun and we have shows on sale in Dublin and London right now. We are home in Dublin this June the 15th to the 17th with updated film reads of The Matrix, Jurassic Park and Titanic at Smock Alley Theatre. Featuring the award-winning ensemble of Tony Cantwell, Ronan Carey, Stephen Culver, that's me, Finbar Doyle, Hannah Mamelis, Aaron McGathy and Edwin Salmon. Uh, the show's at Smock Alley Theatre.
and tickets are on sale right now. Head to dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets. Meanwhile in London, we are now performing every month at 21 Soho with a different film read every month and different guests joining us on the stage. This month's London film is Batman Begins, but if you're in the future, it's probably a different film and you can find out which one at dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets.